All right, sorry about that. Hey, my voice is projecting pretty well there. I didn't even need a microphone. That's good. Okay, you could actually take my slide down if I'm too loud or whatever. Okay, uh, Matthew 28, uh, 18 and 19. What you guys got? Who wants to read it? It's a lot? James, go for it, man. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Does anybody have this, uh, this scripture memorized? Wait, where are you? Matthew 28, 18 and 19. Where am I? I'm in the front of the sanctuary right now. Uh, can you actually take these lights off and put the spots on? Make this a little easier to read. There we go. That's good. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, check this. This is out from the word on the street, yo. Okay, the same Bible. It says, uh, this is Jesus speaking. That's why it's in red. Uh, if you didn't know that. God's given me absolute first and last word in heaven and down here on earth. So I'm commissioning, commissioning you to do a job. Spread out worldwide, help people commit 100% to my way of life. I want them to prove it with a symbolic sign of baptism, dying to one's way of life and waking up to the new way of life. Get them on board and God the Father, God's Holy Spirit, and I will underwrite them all. Inspire them with my instructions Coach them to live it out. I'm with you 24-7-52 to the end of the era. Isn't that cool? 24-7-52? That's 52 weeks. 52 weeks in a year? Oh, I thought that was pretty cool. Would you guys agree with me that the world is actually is searching for something? Yeah. And some people think they found it, don't they? What? Yeah. A few... I can't give out too many of these because I'm going to need them for Friday night as well. So, anybody want, want some more of those little cards? Oh, okay. No, you can keep it. Oh, I got enough. Thanks. Um, <clears throat> so, the world is searching for something, right? What are they searching for? They, they were just wandering around aimlessly, like. What is this something that they want so bad? Jesus, Jesus. That's what, that's what they want, but they don't know it, do they? I talk to people all the time that they say, oh, you know what I found is so cool is I found, um, I found the aura of people. It connects me with them. Or things like uh, uh, spiritism. Like, you know what? I'm really into the, into the spirits, man. Like, I can totally tell like, when that person has a good spirit or when that person has a mean, evil spirit or when that person has a funny spirit or when that one's just on spirits. Um, but <laughs> you know what? They kind of have a piece of it, don't they? They just don't know the right word for it. They kind of have a piece, but they don't. And you know, I, I have a, a guy that I know pretty well, and um, we get together every so often, and he, and he says to me the other day, um, you know what? You know what? People might think I'm crazy, so I don't spread this around, but... Um, I kind of know when people are like in a mood or when I walk into a room, I just kind of know if they're like nice or if they're not nice. I'm like, okay, well, this guy has a Catholic background and he dabbles in Christianity, Mormonism and Je uh, Jehovah's Witness and uh, some of these other things. But he, so he knows, he knows the Bible, but he doesn't know the person that wrote it, right? So what happens is that they try to find any other way to get what they, what they want without knowing the person that, that can give it to them. You know, does that make sense? Um, kind of. Um, let me explain it. Maybe this way will help. You want a glass of milk? Yeah, you want a glass of milk? Yeah. Say I give you a glass of milk. You're really, really thirsty, I give you a glass of milk. Are you interested about how that milk came to be or you just want the milk? You are. You're dying of thirst and you got a glass of milk. You're not going to be like... I wonder where this milk came from. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> the, the funny thing is, is that we have the answer, don't we? But some, <laughs> we have the answer. It's a cow gave us Jesus, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> 
What I'm saying is that what people are searching for, we have the real answer for it, don't we? We have the answer, but a lot of times we just, we're kind of confused on how to give them that, that answer. So we just say, you know what? That's pretty close, so go with it. <laughs> That's dangerous, isn't it? What? I know how they make uh, whipped cheese. You know how they make whipped cream, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, they, they tie a cow up and they, yeah. they, okay, yeah. No, that's not how they make whipped cream. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's utterly ridiculous. Yes, it is. Oh, 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 oh. See your hand? Put your hand, yeah, talk to it. Um, so, okay, so roll. <laughs> Let's move on because uh, I, what, I, what you guys have, you're all Christian here, right? You're all saved? I, I'm pretty sure of that. You think you are? Okay, well, guys, there's an opportunity to practice on your witness in here tonight. Uh, but um, Jesus here tells us we need to go out and spread what he's just done to everyone, right? This is after the resurrection. This is after he died, was buried, and rose again. Let's look at Romans 10, 14, and 17. Check this out. It says, but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe? How can they call on him, Jesus, to save them unless they believe in him? Uh, that's kind of confusing. Okay, so how about this? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? Ah, hmm. And how can they hear about him unless somebody tells them? So what does it come down to? It comes down to somebody needs to tell them, right? So if somebody tells them, then that means they've heard because somebody told them, like, like I'm talking to you right now, you're hearing what I'm saying, right? And my mouth, my mouth is moving and words are coming out? Okay, good. And uh, so now I've given you something to hear. Now you have something to believe in, right? If, I, if my mouth was just flapping and nothing was coming out, you wouldn't have anything to believe in but my flapping mouth, right? You believe I'm mentally insane? <laughs> yeah, I said it, that if you're just flapping your mouth and words coming out, I'd be like, either has a serious brain disorder or he's mentally retarded or he's like, I'm getting Back on subject again, Joe. So, and, okay, so we have to tell him, but how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? So were we sent? Yes. How, how do you know that? Dude, yeah, where'd you hear that? Yeah? I, I just heard it like five minutes ago because I read it out of the scripture. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Isn't that how, crazy how things work like that? But this is what scripture says. This is what scripture means when they say, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. You know, other scriptures or other translations say, <laughs> other translations say, how beautiful on the mountain are the feet of him who brings good news. Now, you all live in Big Bear, right? You all had your shoes off a little while ago? Did you notice how beautiful your feet were? Oh, yes. Oh, so beautiful. Yeah. How much more beautiful are they? Like your stench will go away, I think, if you go out and use it to, to spread the gospel, to spread the word of God. All right. That's, just, that's a little extra biblical, but you know, you take it for what it's worth. So, <laughs> but here it goes on in verse 16. It says, But not everyone welcomes the good news. For Isaiah the prophet said, Lord, who has believed your message? Yet faith comes from wow, hearing. hearing. This translation says, "Listening to the message of good news, and the good news is about who? Jesus. Jesus. I have some good news. Travis gets to move over a seat. <laughs> Go ahead, and move over a seat, bud. Thank you. So, how would you like?" How would you like it if I gave you a way that made it easy to share your faith with somebody and not scary? That'd be kind of useful, huh? No, here's, here's a little secret, um, guys. Witnessing will never not be scary. <laughs> so um, I'm going give to give you a way, though, and make it a little bit easier on you so that you won't lose as much hair as I lost, okay? So um, here's, a pretty, here's, here's one way on how to witness the people. Check it out. So, if you died today, do you know where you'd go? Cemetery? After that. I mean the afterlife. 
Guess not. Well, the Bible says that all men have fallen shorts, but you can still be saved if you burn up your wicked sleighs. Turn from your wicked ways, you idiot. You're an idiot. You just called him an idiot. You're not an idiot. Jesus loves you. But if you fuss with your spouse and believe in Pop-Tarts... Believe in your heart. Look, tell him all his sins will be forgiven. Your sins will be forgiven. I think a bird just pooped in my coffee. God could forgive me of my sins? Can you believe that? No way. Must have been a, a pelican. Uh, I thought no sin was so bad that he can't forgive. It's filled up my mug. That's a big load of poo. Now you can share the gospel without the inconvenient hassle of actually learning it yourself. Hello, Wuto. Oh my goodness, every time I see that, it's funny. Oh my goodness. Okay, um... Uh, what I'm going to give you guys tonight is something from Way of the Master. It's, just, it's not as long as we've looked at it in the past, but this is a, a little piece. It's on your card. I'll just give you a quick way on how to witness to somebody. Make it easy. and give them, give your, It gives you a way to witness without um, having the other person control, us, control the conversation. Because that's where we get in trouble, is we ask them a question and then we let them go off. The thing is, keep this in mind. Number one, in witnessing to people, always keep it focused on heavenly things. Okay? Heavenly things. That means if the conversation starts to go crazy, just bring it right back to where we were. Going up on, on talking about heaven, talking about the Bible, talking about wherever it was the subject was. Don't let them take it off astray. All right? So here we go. It's, all, it's not very long, so um, take notes because it's some really, really good stuff. And uh, we're going to use this method this Friday, so pay attention. In past episodes, we've shown you how to deal with your fears. I've spoken of the necessity of having a deep love for the lost, of the importance of prayer. We've demonstrated how to use God's law to bring the knowledge of sin and show someone they need the Savior. So how are you going to handle it the next time you find yourself in a situation where you're talking to a non-Christian friend or family member or a co-worker or even a stranger and you're having a great time and it's a perfect opportunity to share your faith. So you swallow your fears, you bring up the subject of God but then what? What do you say? What questions do you ask? And how do you make sure you don't get lost down some rabbit trail? So what do you do? This lesson will help you. It'll show you how to jump in and navigate through a whole conversation. It's simple. You can do it. So watch closely and don't let anything distract you. Seeking save the lost the way Jesus did. There's only a certain amount of time left. A lot of time left. So use the law and use your efforts to reach out to the boss. Reach out to the boss. There's nothing more important than your eternal salvation. Welcome to the Way of the Master. If you've been following this program, you'll find there's a common thread running through them. And that's the thread of biblical evangelism. The reason God reveal himself to humanity in Jesus Christ was destroy the power of the grave. That's why God became a man, to destroy death. And we've been given an awesome responsibility to seek and save that which is lost with the message of eternal life. And what we want to do is do it properly. Jesus warned that many on that day would say to him, Lord, Lord, and he'd say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. And the principles that we've been teaching, the principles of law to the proud and grace to the humble. We use God's law to the proud to humble them, bring the knowledge of sin, and the gospel is taken to those who have humble heart. And so that's the principle. Now this episode is very unique in that Ray happens to think that it might be completely unnecessary. So we've decided to go ahead with the episode because when Ray talks about sharing his faith, he encourages people to just dive in, sink or swim kind of an attitude, and let instinct kick in, either instinct or panic, and you'll learn how to do it one way or another. My personal preference is to put my toe in the water and have someone take me by the hand and show me step by step what to do. That makes me a little bit more comfortable and more confident. Whatever way we do it, whether you be toe first or head first, let's do it because people are going to hell. There's a sense of urgency. That's right. So we've boiled the method of sharing your faith that Jesus used down to four simple steps, four stepping stones to get you through a witnessing conversation easily and effectively. 
If you can remember the letters WDJD, you can find your way through a conversation with somebody. You'll always know where you are in the conversation and you won't get lost. You won't be at a loss for words. You don't need to understand Greek or study archaeology. All you need to do is remember four simple points and you're on your way. Would you like to do that? If so, let's get started. Right. Come on. Let's do it. All right, here I go. Okay. I'm going to lead Kirk through these four stepping stones across the scary waters of personal evangelism. That is, sharing his faith with a non-Christian. Kirk, what are you doing hiding behind that bush? I'm scared! You're scared? I'm, I've never done this before! I'm nervous! Let your light shine before me and don't hide it under a bushel. Folks, most of us are scared when it comes to personal evangelism. If you're hiding behind a bush or in the cave of inferiority, let me tell you a secret. I had an inferiority complex before I was a Christian. I was called beetroot face in school. I would go red at the drop of a hat. But when you're a Christian, you've been commissioned to take the gospel of everlasting life to a world that's in the shadow of death. I mean, the issue is so important, we can't afford to hide behind a bush. Kurt, say this, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Come on, you can do it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Okay, now come out from behind that bush. And what, what are you scared of? What's your fear? Well, I'm just a kind of a shy person. So am I. But remember, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens Okay, me. so I just, uh, what, start talking to people? Learn to be friendly? Yeah, and, and just say to yourself, the righteous are as bold as a lion. Speak the word of God. Let it get into your heart and believe it. The righteous are as bold as a lion. Now, all you have to do is practice being friendly to people. Say hello to strangers. I do it all the time. And you'll get a fright. You know what strangers will say to you? They'll say hello back. They'll warm to your warmth. Okay, practice being friendly. Practice being friendly. Hi, how you doing? Yeah, that's it. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing great. Yeah, beautiful day. Wow. Love that's this fresh it. air. Yeah, you've come out of your bush. Now, now what you've got to do is swing to the things of God. How do I do that? Well, you can do it many ways. You can say to someone, excuse me, is, is there any good churches around this area? You've got to deliberately mention the things of God. Now, remember, the person's eternal welfare is at stake. The worst that can happen to you is a sense of rejection. If someone says, don't want to talk, that's all that can happen. Okay, so I'm talking with a family member or a stranger, strike up a conversation and I bring up the things of God. Uh, hey, you know any good churches around here? Or you could say, oh, did you get one of these? And just use a gospel tract. And as you give it to them and say, it's a gospel tract. You've deliberately brought up the things of God. It'll take courage. But remember, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's a step you've got to take. Okay, so I'm not going to wait for them to bring it up. I'm going to deliberately bring up the things of God with a track. Because you care about the person. Because I care about them. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like this. Yeah, Here's my gospel track. It's a million dollar bill. Yeah. Um, I'm really nervous, but yeah. I'm going to do this. Yeah, we know you're nervous. You're not going to die, Kirk. Okay. The person is not going to kill you. You're not going to be burned at the stake or stoned to death. So you can do it. Okay, here we go. Let love swallow your fears. Okay. Hey. Take the step. Hey, how you doing? Oh, great. Hey. Hey, did you get one of these? It's, uh, yeah, it's really cool. It's a million dollar bill. And on the back it has a gospel message. That's it. Oh, oh. you did it. You did it. I did it. You put and, I, oh, the... and then I say to them, do you have a Christian background? Yeah, yeah. Just say, do you have a Christian background? Now that's a very inoffensive question. You're just asking them about their background. You're talking to them about their favorite subject, themselves. And most people love talking about themselves. So okay. that's what you're doing. Okay, so I, I, I'm in the game. I'm ready, but I'm nervous. What's the next step? Now take your first step, W. Would you consider yourself to be a good person? Okay. So would you consider yourself to be a good person? That's it. <laughs> good one. You made I did it. it. Okay. Uh, well, the guy's probably going to say, yes, I, I think I am a pretty good person. Well, the book of Proverbs 20 verse 9 says he'll almost certainly say that. Most every man will proclaim his own goodness. Do you consider yourself to be a good person, Michael? Of course. Uh, would you consider yourself to be a good person, first of all? I, I, I believe so. Okay. Would you consider yourself to be a good person? I'm a good person, yes. Would you consider yourself to be a good person? Oh, most definitely. Would you consider yourself to be a good person? I would consider myself to be a good person. Would you consider yourself to be a good person? Yeah, I definitely would. 
Destiny, would you consider yourself to be a good person? Yeah. So most people will say, yeah, I'm a very good person. Okay, so he says I'm a good person, now what? So that's your first step. Now this brings you to the second step. D. Do you think you've kept the Ten Commandments? Come on. Okay. You can do it. Do you think you've kept the Ten Commandments? That's it. Good one. And then I... Just I say, go through the commandments. Yeah, just say, have you ever told a lie? Okay, have you ever told a lie? And the guy's gonna say, well, sure, of course, everybody has. And I say, well, what does that make you? And if he says human or normal, I can say, well, come on, if I murder somebody, it makes me a murderer. If I rape somebody, it would make me a, a rapist. So if you've lied, what are you called? And you're trying to get him to say liar. Yeah, and sometimes they won't say it. So they say, look, I told a lie, what would you call me? And most people say, ah, you'd be a right. liar. It's easy to judge others than ourselves. So I'm trying to get the guy to be honest and just admit that lying makes him a liar. And then take him through a few more of the commandments. Okay, yeah, have you ever stolen anything? He's probably going to say, yeah. Yeah, when you were a kid, taking anything from the office, from school. Well, what does that make you? A thief. Take him through another one. Uh, Jesus said, whoever looks at a woman to lust after her has committed adultery already with her in his heart. That's the seventh commandment. Mm -hmm. He's going to be guilty of that one. Yeah. So I can say, man, think about it. By your own admission, you're a lying, thieving, adulterer at heart. And you're not judging him. No. He, he's admitted it by his own admission. You're disagreeing with what he said. So there's still no offense. Remember, his conscience is bearing witness with it. The okay. conscience is saying, this is true, what Kirk is telling me. Right. He, I'm not calling him a sinner or an adulterer. He's admitted it already to me. I'm just drawing it out of him. Uh, do you think you've kept the Ten Commandments? Some of them, not all of them. Have you ever murdered somebody? No. Uh -uh. no. Have you hated someone? Yeah. Okay, the Bible says that's murder of the heart. You know that? No. Uh -uh. Yeah, the Bible says if you hate your brother, you are a murderer. That's God's standard. No, I didn't know that. Have you ever told a lie? Yeah. Okay, what does that make you? A liar. Have you ever stolen something? Yeah. What does that make you? A thief. Have you ever used God's name in vain? Yeah. That's called blasphemy. It's using God's name as a cuss word. Yeah. Now, listen to this one. Jesus said, if you look with lust, you commit adultery in the heart. Have mm -hmm. you ever looked with lust? No. You've never looked at a guy with desire? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so That's not, a, I don't consider that adultery. <laughs> but you have lusted. Yeah, but I'm not, I don't know, I don't consider it as adultery. I'm not sleeping with the person. Yeah, Isn't adultery when you sleep like your neighbor's husband? Yeah, but this is what Jesus said. He said, whoever looks with lust has committed adultery in the heart. That's how high God's standard is. He's perfect. He's holy. Yeah. Have you ever hated someone? Yep. Okay, the Bible says you've committed murder in your heart if you hate yeah, someone. I know that. You do know that? And Jesus said, if you look with lust, you commit adultery in the heart. Yeah. So have you ever looked with lust? Yep. Have you ever told a lie? Yeah. What does that make you? A liar. Have you ever stolen something? Yeah. What does that make you? <laughs> a thief. Uh -huh. um, have you ever told a lie before? Oh, yes. Okay. So if you've told a lie, what does that make you? A sinner. But more specifically, what does it make you? I broke one of God's commandments. Right. Well, if I murder someone, I'm called a murderer, right? Yeah. And if I'm I lie... Liar. Right, liar. right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. Uh, have you ever stolen anything before? Even something small? Yeah, when I was younger, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if you've stolen something, what does that make you? It makes you a thief. That's right. You got the idea. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, now, Jesus said, you have heard that it was said of old, you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you, whoever looks upon a woman to lust after her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Have you ever looked at a woman with lust? Not no more. But I have. have. <laughs> okay. I have. You've done the best. All right. Now Jesus said, whoever looks at a woman and lusts after her has committed adultery already with her in his heart. Mm -hmm. Have you ever looked at a woman with lust? No. Are you a homosexual? No, I mean, yeah, I, I looked at, you know what I'm saying, women, but yeah, I looked at women, yeah. Okay, so you were lying to me. Yeah, I was. <laughs> Have you ever told a lie? Yes. What does that make you? That makes me a person who has told a lie. Now, why did I tell a lie? And are we classifying the lie with, there's so-called white lies and bigger lies. If it's a lie told not to hurt someone else or to protect someone else from being hurt, yes. Let's put it this way. If I tell a lie, what would you call me? You would have to be a liar. That's it. So what are you? I am a liar. Have you ever stolen something? Yes, I have stolen something. What does that make you? A thief. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Now, have you ever used God's name in vain? Yes, I have. Have you ever told a lie? 
Yeah, everyone's told a lie. So what does that make you? I guess it makes me a bad person. Now, what are you called if you tell a lie? A liar. Have you ever stolen something? Yeah. What does that make you? A thief. Have you ever used God's name in vain? Yeah. It's called blasphemy when you use God's name as a cuss word. And here's the fourth one. Jesus said, if you look at a woman and lust after her, you commit adultery with her in your heart. Have you ever looked at a woman with lust? I'm sure I have. I can't, yeah, probably. Okay. Have you ever told a lie? Sure. What does that make you? A liar. Have you ever stolen something? Yes. What does that make you? A thief. Yeah. Have you ever used God's name in vain? Yes. It's called blasphemy. And Jesus said, if you look with lust, you commit adultery in your heart. Have you ever oh, oh, there's a lot of hot men over here. <laughs> okay, Kim, Kim, by your own admission, you're embarrassing me. Sorry. <laughs> All right, I'm feeling good. What's the next step? Next step is J. So take a step. It's, it's judgment. If God was to judge you by the Ten Commandments, do you think you'd be innocent or guilty? Okay. You can do it. Okay. So... If God were to judge you by the Ten Commandments, do you think you'd be innocent or guilty? That's it. Okay. It's just a little step, but a very important one. Now, most people are going to say, well, I'd be guilty, but I don't think God's really going to judge me like that. So well, then what do I say? Well, they may say, look, look, you know, my God's a God of love and mercy, and God's not going to judge me for my mistakes. And what you've got to do is show them they're now violating the second of the Ten Commandments which says you should not make yourself a graven image. You should not make a God to suit yourself, either with your hands or your mind. So what I'll do is try and shape a God to suit their sins. My God would never judge me. So just tell them that's called idolatry. And you could say, I did that before I was a Christian, which I did personally. I, I created a God to suit myself. So if a guy says he doesn't believe in Judgment Day and that God's going to judge him, just say, well, you're creating a God that's a false God, one that you're more comfortable with. Yeah. And that's another violation of the commandments. Yes, it makes, just, makes sense that God would punish murder. And I can just say to him, if God judged you by the Ten Commandments, like the Bible says, would you be innocent or guilty? Right. Some people say they'll be innocent. Some say, people say they'll be guilty. But if someone says, I'll be innocent, say, come on, you've, you've just admitted to me you're a lying, thieving, adulterate heart. Obviously, you'd be guilty. And the Bible says you'd be guilty. Your conscience says you'd be guilty. So be reasonable. Be honest. Okay, so he admits, all right, yeah, I'd be guilty if God judged me by that standard. God judges you by the Ten Commandments, Courtney, bearing in mind that you're a lying, thieving, blasphemous, adulterate heart, <laughs> and you've committed murder in your heart, do you think you'd be innocent or guilty? Probably guilty. So on Judgment Day, do you think you'd be innocent or guilty? Guilty. Would you be innocent or guilty, based on the Ten Commandments? I'd be guilty. Do you think you'd be innocent, or would you be guilty of breaking his Ten Commandments? I would be guilty of breaking any number of the Ten Commandments as, as, as much as everybody else in this earth is. So when that day comes, do you think you'd be innocent or guilty? Innocent. By your own admission, you're a lying, thieving, adulterer at heart, and a murderer at heart. So if God judges you by the Ten Commandments on the Day of Judgment, do you think you'll be innocent or guilty? Guilty. Okay, that next step. the last step. D, destiny. Will you go to heaven or hell? Because they're the only two options. Would you go to heaven or hell? Yeah, okay. now this sounds scary, but it's not. You're just asking him a question. You're not saying you're going to hell or anything judgmental like that. You're asking him. Okay, so, uh, all right, so in light of the fact that you've broken the commandments, you'd be guilty uh, in God's eyes, do you think that you'd go to heaven or hell? That's it. Now, you may slip in. You may get your feet wet. Don't, don't fall in, Kirk. All right. <laughs> But you may slip off your rock and he may get you sidetracked. Yeah, like if he says, well, look, I don't believe in hell. Yeah. Or what about evolution? Or the, yeah, I don't believe the, the Bible is the word of God. Just don't take any notice. Get back up on your stepping stones. And Stay oh, on my rock. Yeah. Just say. Just if God judged you and you were guilty, do you think you'd go to heaven or hell? Just get back to that question. Yeah, and it's only if. You're just surmising. Right. Yeah. Okay. And the guy says, well, if that was the case, then I guess I'd go to hell. And then say... Does that concern you? That really concerns me. So what do you think is your ultimate destiny, heaven or hell? Me, hell. Would you go to heaven or hell? Probably hell. Where would you spend eternity? Eternity would be hell if I died right now. Would you go to heaven or hell? Hell. If God judges you by the Ten Commandments and the Day of Judgment, you'll be guilty. Would you go to heaven or hell? I'm it's a very important hell. question. To hell? Uh-huh. 
See, we know the Ten Commandments are right. It's wrong to murder, wrong to, wrong to kill, lie, steal, commit adultery. I mean, God's law is written in our hearts. We're given a conscience. And it makes sense that God should judge humanity. What would you think of a judge in Florida who turned a blind eye to the workings of the mafia? He's a corrupt judge. And if God is good, he must bring murderers to justice. He must bring liars and thieves and adulterers and fornicators. And you've admitted to me you're a lying, thieving, adulterate heart. You're in big trouble. The Bible makes it clear you've got a hell, and that should greatly concern you. You yeah. don't want to lose your soul, your life. So, is that when I share the gospel with him? Well, what you do is watch his mouth. If someone keeps justifying themselves and saying, I'm a really good person, then you need to bring out the law again and say, look, if you keep justifying yourself, you'll never seek God's mercy. If you don't admit your guilt, you won't seek God's forgiveness. You've got to be honest. Stop trying to cover your tracks. Just say, okay, I've broken the commandments. I need God's forgiveness. When someone says that, then they're ready for the gospel. Okay. So I might be on this rock for a little while if they're dancing around and wiggling around saying, I don't believe in hell. I, I just don't think that's the way it's going to go down. And I just plead with them and I say, come on. Listen, whether you believe in it or not, uh, the truth is uh, that there is a place of punishment. And, and if you just admit that you're guilty before God and you need His forgiveness, then uh, I could tell you how you can find that forgiveness. And someone wisely once said, if you, if, if you haven't got tears in your eyes, let them hear the tears in your voice. Yeah, I should just plead with them. You say, man, I don't want you to go to hell. That would be a terrible thing. I'm not lying to you. This is the gospel truth. I don't want your money. I'm not saying join a church. I'm saying just please. You know, consider your eternal salvation. What's going to happen to you after you die? Yeah, and I could ask him, what if you're wrong and you find out that there, there is a, a God of justice and there is a hell? Man, I don't want you to perish. Consider my motives. I really care about you. God's offering His, His forgiveness to you, but it's on the condition that you humble yourself and be honest about your sin. Right. And so when the mouth is stopped and you detect humility or openness, in any way, then then the green light's there. Give them the gospel. Magnify the love of God in Jesus Christ. Right. God became a person, suffered and died on the cross, took the punishment for your sins. He was bruised for our iniquities. God commended His love toward us and that while we get sinners, Christ died for us. That's right. That, then I can share with them John 3.16. Yeah. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. And say, so think of it. Your greatest fear, the fear of death, you can be released of that, and your greatest enemy, the power of death, has been dealt with by the God who gave you life through the death and resurrection of the Son of God. And you explain to them what they should do. That they should respond. Don't just confess your sins to God. Say, confess and forsake them. That's called repentance. And don't just believe in Jesus. Trust in Him as you trust a parachute to save you. So if the guy's humble, if I can see that he understands he needs God's forgiveness, I can share the gospel, the good news. If he's still cussing me out, or if he's still uh, blaspheming and saying, I don't need God's forgiveness, I'm a good person, I take him back through the law and show him the seriousness of his sin and say, man, the penalty for your sin is death and hell. And I don't want that to happen to you. Please be reasonable and think about this. Yeah, and Listen pray to your for conscience. Him. Pray for him. because And pray for him. Yeah, it's God that will save him. But if I have the privilege of seeing him broken before the Lord, I can say, man, God provided a way for you to be forgiven and share the gospel. Amen. That sounds great. Yeah. That reminds me of the book of Acts. Yeah. You did it, Kurt. The four stepping stones. WDJD. You had a structure. Okay. And then I'm, I'm home free. You're I've home shared free. the gospel. Your conscience is, is resting easy. <clears throat> okay. So there they were, the four points that will lead you through any witnessing conversation with somebody. W-D-J-D. Now, an important question comes up at this point. Once you've shared the gospel with someone, is it important to close the deal? Is it important to make sure that you get that decision and lead them through the sinner's prayer? Right. let me ask you, do you think it's biblical to do that? Well, one can't say it's biblical, but you can't say it's non-biblical. It's just not really in the Bible. No. Um, doesn't mean it's wrong, but it's not there either. You don't yeah. find a person doing that. Here's the thought that I have. Um, if a man's committed adultery and his wife's willing to take him back, should I have to lead him in an apology? Dear wife, dear wife, I'm sorry for sleeping with that woman. I'm sorry for... Now, that's silly. No. All she wants is for him to spill from his heart that he's sorry. The words don't matter. And the same with God. It's like David. Like King David in Psalm 51 where David said... Uh, cleanse me of my sin. Oh God, I'm so sorry. 
wash me clean of my transgressions. I don't think Nathan the prophet led him through that prayer to God. It just came out of his heart. And the same with a sinner. If conviction is there from the Holy Spirit, you can't stop the guy from going to the Lord and pleading with him for forgiveness and a new heart. So you could say to him, you may like to pray now, and I'll pray with you afterwards, whatever. Yeah, or go home, find a quiet place and repent, confess and forsake your sin and put your faith in Jesus Christ. Call me, I'd love to answer any questions that you have. And then be a friend and see how he's doing, call him and uh, make sure that he's got all of his questions answered. And also, ask him if he's got a Bible. That's right. And feed on the Word of God daily and obey what you read. You'll never go wrong if he does that. Another point to really uh, make sure that you've got down is to understand the tone of your voice when you're speaking to someone about serious things like sin and God's judgment and hell. You don't want to have this judgmental attitude and say things like this. Well, do you think you're a good person? Or do you think you've kept the Ten Commandments? Huh? You want to watch your body language. Remember, you're not trying to, to uh, uh, argue and, and beat on this person. No, you're going to them in compassion. It's more the tone of, a, of a, a desperate plea with someone to get honest and get real before the Lord. You're not like a prosecuting attorney. You want to be like a compassionate doctor who wants to rescue someone from a terminal disease. And remember, practice, practice, practice. Practice what you preach. Everything you've learned in life was a practice. I mean, you practice to ride a bike, you had to practice to use a spoon when you're a little child, you had to practice to walk, and it's the same with evangelism. Practice on somebody. When a telemarketer calls you, practice on him. You know, if you blow it, you can say, oh, I'm sorry, sorry, I've got to go now and just hang up. But practice on someone. Look in the mirror, get used to hearing your own voice. Say things like, would you consider yourself to be a good person? And the more you practice that, the more you're going to feel comfortable saying it and say, I can do this. This is not that hard. I can actually do this. Practice with your friend, with another Christian, and then speak to the people you care about. Try to speak to a stranger. It's actually easier to share your faith with someone you don't know than with someone you do know. So uh, go to the website, study these things, learn them really, really well. Get a hold of the Evidence Bible. It'll give you all kinds of tips, uh, verses that you can use, analogies that you've heard in this program that will help you to explain the justice of God, the existence of hell, and the seriousness of getting right with God. Remember, it's www.wayofthemaster.com. We have also crafted an acronym to help you remember the essential points of the gospel itself. So after you've taken someone through WDJD, how do you present the important points of God's love? Well, the word, the acronym we've come up with is the word CRAFT. And we chose this because of its definition. The dictionary says CRAFT is skill in doing or making something as in the arts. And we know that as Christians, our craft is to share the gospel. We need to be skillful and be master craftsmen at sharing the most important of messages. So again, this acronym is the word CRAFT. CRAFT has a large C and a small C. The small C is inside the large C. The large C stands for the word CONCERN. And that's the big question. Is the person concerned about their eternal destiny? So what do you think is your ultimate destiny, heaven or hell? Me, hell. Does that concern you? Well, yeah. Now, does that concern you? No, not really. You don't even think about it? So you don't, you don't mind if you, you go to hell for eternity? Not really. Eternity would be hell if I died right now. Now that should greatly concern you. And it does. Well, what are you going to do about it? Get right. Well, how do you do that? Get saved. So, how do you get saved? You repent and be baptized. And for the remission of your sins. And put your faith in Jesus. Yes. Well, why didn't you do that today? What stopped you? You know, that's a very good question. Yeah. Would you go to heaven or hell? Hell. Now, does that concern you? Yeah. I mean, it should terrify you to think that if you died, you know, right now, if your heart gave out or a car hit you or someone got out a gun that you you'd go to hell for eternity it's a terrible thing and you're without excuse because God gave you a conscience if God judges you by the Ten Commandments and the Day of Judgment you'll be guilty would you go to heaven or hell it's Probably a very important hell. question to hell uh -huh. now does that concern you yeah I mean it should terrify you to think that if a car came off the road here 
killed you, you go to hell for eternity. That's a terrible thing to happen to anyone. The smaller C stands for the cross and obviously the resurrection. Then the RAF is repentance and faith. And then T is truth. The person needs to be steered toward the scriptures. So you've taken someone through WDJD. They now say their eternal destiny is hell. So the big question is, does that concern them? If it doesn't concern them, they need to be awakened. They need to become concerned. And you can show them how they need to be concerned by relating what we call the I analogy. Watch this. Let me ask you this. If a doctor came up to you and said, we're doing these experiments, we're collecting human eyeballs, and you happen to have the perfect set, here's what we'll do. We'll take one of your eyes, whichever one of your choice, right one, left one, you have one hidden, we don't know about, we'll take that one too. We'll replace it with a glass eye that looks exactly like your other eye, except of course you can't see through it, you'll be blind on yeah. one side. And we'll give you a million dollars cold cash and you won't feel you won't feel a thing. Would you do it? Um a million dollars, one of your eyes. You won't look funny because you'll have a glass eye that looks the same. You think you'd do it? Well it depends on which one they take. Because I can't see out of one of them and I'm <laughs> Well, yeah, ask. you're you're right. You know what? I'll answer that, Doug. Would you do it? I uh, I wouldn't do it. You wouldn't. What if they offered you a hundred billion for both your eyes? I wouldn't do it because your eyes are precious to you, right? Yeah. Now this is the one thing that uh, people oftentimes uh, consider, and and I want to ask you if you've considered this. If people's eyes are worth more to them than all the money in the world, shouldn't their soul that looks out of these eyes by using them as windows be even more valuable? Yes, it should. Then if the person is concerned about their eternal destiny, you take them to the cross. Explain to them how Christ died for their sins, that he rose again on the third day. Then repentance. That means to turn from all sin, not just confess your sin, but confess and forsake it. And faith, not just a belief, but a trust in Jesus, like you trust a parachute. And then when they do that, repent and put their faith in Jesus, they'll be saved. And then point them toward the scriptures. The truth of God's Word. That's where you find the truth of God's Word in the Bible. Tell them to read the Bible daily and obey what they read. Now, does that concern you? Yeah. I mean, it should terrify you to think that if a car came off the road here, killed you, you go to hell for eternity. That's a terrible thing to happen to anyone. Well, yeah. You know what God did so you wouldn't have to go to hell? No. You've got no idea? No. That he sent his son, born of a woman, to die on the cross. To take yeah, the I know that. It's for our sins. Yeah. Jesus died. He took yeah. the punishment for your sins. All that blasphemy, the lying, the stealing, the lust, the hatred. All of God's anger came upon him so that you could go free. Yeah. That's how much God loves you. God commanded his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. A substitutionary death. You broke God's law and mm -hmm. Jesus paid your fine. Yeah. Now, you know what God requires of you? To follow his Ten Commandments. No, that won't help. You've already broken them. <laughs> you know what you need to do? Uh, no. You've got to repent, that is turn from your sins, and put your trust in Jesus Christ. And the moment you do that, God will forgive every sin you've ever committed and grant you everlasting life. You know the song Amazing Grace? Yeah. Do you know the words? Not by heart, but well, I know Amazing it. Grace, how sweet the sound. Grace yeah. is God's favor, his mercy. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Mm -hmm. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. Oh. So the only thing that can save you from hell and death is the grace of God, His mercy. So there you have it, WDJD and craft. That's your structure. Now at this point, you may be feeling like that's a bit hard to remember, but by the time you finish this course, it won't be. You should have been given a little card with WDJD written on it and the craft. This is something you can practice, you can refresh your memory, you can even use it when you're witnessing. And I'll give you a little acting tip that helps me to remember my lines when I'm doing a part, and it'll help you too. Learn to listen to what the other person is saying. See, you don't want to just think uh, two lines to my line, one line to my line, my line. Then what you say comes out like a canned speech. You want it to be natural. So listen to what they're saying and if they're saying to you yeah it concerns me that that I would go to hell if I died tonight that should naturally trigger your memory to cause you to say well let me tell you what God did so you wouldn't have to go to hell and tell them about the cross so be a good listener it'll help you know what point to make next next week 
we're going to look at the top 10 questions and objections asked by non-Christians. Questions like, like, what about those people in the deepest jungles of Africa who've never heard about Jesus? What about them? Or, I don't believe the Bible, it's full of fairy tales. Or, what about all the suffering? That proves there's no God, no loving God. Or how about this one, when people say, it's intolerant for you to say Jesus is the only way to heaven. There's many paths that lead to God. Or how about if somebody says to you, ah, 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 you shouldn't be judging me. After all, Jesus said, judge not, lest you be judged. We're going to show you how to answer these questions simply, effectively. And we're not just going to tell you, we're going to show you in real life where the rubber meets the road. So make sure you're here with us. That was fun, huh? You guys know that uh, 77, about roughly about 77% of Christians will never share their faith? Yeah. Thank you. Um, that means 77% of Christians will never even tell anybody else about Jesus. That means 77% of you in this room will probably never even tell anybody about what God has done for you. I believe this, this room is probably a lot different than a lot. But, you know, if we had 100 people in here, that means 77 people wouldn't ever do that. I have a really cool story about listening. You what? I have a really cool story about witnessing. You are excited? I said I have a really cool story. You really feel sorry? Is that what you said? I said I have a really cool story. Oh, let's hear it. Okay. Um, for, like, my birthday, like, a few years ago, me and my friend Tyler were down at the beach in, like, a really nice hotel. And, like, we met these two kids down at the pool this one night, and, like, I don't know why, but we just started like witnessing them, and so we, we they had to go. So we stood, and it was like an hour later, and then like the next night we were down there, and they come up to us, and they're like, um, like can we hear more about what you were telling us last night? And we, were, we, we both just were just you like cheering. Yeah, and then right they, on. And then they wanted to know how to be saved, so we like prayed for them, and then like. That's awesome, man. You know, guys, don't be discouraged that when you do witness, that maybe you won't see the salvation right away. But be, be confident that the, God's word doesn't return void. The Bible says that. You planted a seed. Something might happen down the road. You know, you, maybe somebody else will reap that harvest. But you planted the seed. You got it in them. And you're just being obedient to the word. All right, so what I'm going to do real quick, because I know we're running out of time here, is that just, I'm going to run over the points that, that you just saw. So Una's going to have a fun time, you know, pushing the button and keeping up with me. But... Um, Check it out and pay close attention, okay? So what's going to happen first of all? You've got to open the conversation, right? You're going to say something like, excuse me, do you consider yourself to be a good person? Of course, you're not going to just walk up and go, hey, sheriff, hey, excuse me, you think you're a good person? No, you're going like, to be like, hey, uh, you know, open a conversation with him, like, hey, how's it going today? Did you, have, you met your quota yet? No. <laughs> um, so you, go, you, you open up the thing, and then you say, can I ask you a few questions to see if you, if you really are? Oh, yeah, I know. You know what? Let's use the Ten Commandments. Have you ever lied? Well, he's going to say what? No. And then you, then you go, well, what if it was a little white lie? And they'll probably go, yeah, okay, maybe I did. So what's that make you? A liar, okay. Have you ever stolen anything? Even something little? And they say, well, yeah, probably. So what's that make you? A thief, okay. So um, Jesus said that if you were to look at a woman with lust um, and to lust after her, it is as if you committed adultery with her in, her, in your heart. Um, so have you ever looked at a guy or a girl with lust or with desire? And they'll probably say, yeah, right? So, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, how am I going to get a picture for that one, right? What am I going to put up? <laughs> this is what I got. <laughs> so... Uh, and then you go on, what's the next thing? Have you ever used God's name as a cuss word? You ever used God's name in vain? That's called, no, they'll probably say, yeah. If they don't, say, oh, good for you. That's one of them. You got one on your side. Okay, and that's called what, by the way? All right. Hey, good job. <laughs> um, have you ever hated anyone? And then you'd, what would you tell them? <laughs> yeah, anyone. <laughs> Fill in, the, fill in the picture. 
I should have. Huh? I should have cropped my face and put it in there. That would have been cool. Have you ever hated Ed? <laughs> um, but what does Jesus say about that? Have you ever hated anyone? It says if you murdered them or if you committed murder, right? So what can you tell them? You say, so, you know, we've only gone through five of the Ten Commandments here. And so far, you're, uh, by your own admission, you're a lying, thieving, adulterous, blasphemous murderer. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is where you got to be a little sensitive, huh? You can't just be like, dude, you're a lying, thieving, murderous, <laughs> adulterous <laughs> person. Like, stay with Yeah, exactly, dude. You just got to kind of go to their level, huh? Well, you just call me, like, pick me up on my thirst. Then you got to be like, no, dude, you just told me yourself, okay? Don't kill me. It's okay. Put the nine away, okay? It's... Some of them will. Thank you for that. That's a great tad bit of information there. That it, if I ever pull a little Bruce Lee on somebody, I'll keep that in mind. Okay. So, anyways, moving on. So, if God, then then what do you say? You say what do you remember what you say after this? If God was to judge you by the Ten Commandments, would you be innocent or guilty? Dude, okay. I know you got a Glock in my face, but if God was to if this is an if. If God was going to judge you, would you be innocent or guilty? I mean, you can't say innocent, can you? Shouldn't you shouldn't say God. You should say, you should like make it like, okay. If Mickey Mouse was going to judge you. No, I don't no, think so. You have to judge. use God. Well, the, 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 you can get to that, actually. But So what, what do they say if, if they say something like, no, you know what, my God wouldn't, I don't believe my God would judge me like that. What would you say? <laughs> Who's your God then? What's not the God of the Bible that's making uh, false God broken? Yeah, it's another one of the Ten Commandments. The Bible says the second commandment says don't make for yourself any graven image. Don't, uh, in fact, he used, he said, um, then say that's another commandment that says that you shouldn't make for yourself an idol or a god to suit yourself. <clears throat> so, so then you go on and you say, so did you know, did you even know? Do you guys know what James 2.10 says? Oh, sorry. It's okay, you can't get it back. It says it right there. Somebody read it, go ahead. Actually, that, those quotes are extra biblical. I should have put that outside of the quotes. Sorry, that was my. <laughs> but um, God, God's standards are high, so we're kind of uh, kind of trapped, aren't we? So what do you do with that? Uh, so what do you think of judgment? So do you think that you would go to heaven or hell if He was to judge you by the Ten Commandments? If God is a good good God, right? He has to enforce justice, right? Did you catch the part where Ray Comfort was saying, um, so if a good judge, say in, in Chicago, was to ignore the mafia and all the stuff they do, wouldn't that make him a good judge? No, it wouldn't make him a good judge. No. So like with God, I mean, God can't just let a murderer or a thiever, a thiever. <laughs> You're the thiever. <laughs> a thief go unpunished, right? I mean, God has a high standard. And so... Um, that's why not everybody, not all good dogs go to heaven, okay? Not all good peeps go to heaven either. <clears throat> so you got you to ask them. What do you ask them? Does that concern you, right? Does that, does that concern you? So you see, you see that you're guilty according to God's standards, so you need God's forgiveness. Okay, and then going down, he, he went, his next point was, do you, do you know what he did for you so that you don't have to stand guilty before him? Do you know what he did for you so you don't have to stand guilty before him? What did he do for you? Why did he die on the cross? On the cross? Yeah.
you're the only one who sinned, that means you sinned, like, you drove the nails, only you. So you yeah. could be like, okay, so say, like, so God died. Imagine this. So yeah, okay, so it's everybody else's fault, then God died, right? But say there wasn't anybody else. It was just you and God. And he had to die. It would be you that drove the nails because you sinned. Yeah, so if you didn't catch it, he's, he's just basically saying if, if someone says that uh, I didn't, I didn't, it wasn't my fault that Christ died and had to do that for everyone, he was saying basically that, well, what if you were the only person on the face of this earth? You'd be the only person that he would have come to die for, and you would have been the one that drove the nails in his hands. You would have been the one that, uh, that yeah, killed him. Or you could just The thing is, you guys, is that you gotta keep, you gotta have a format, and you gotta be consistent with it. Because if you keep throwing things in it that that cake you off, it'll end up taking the whole conversation off track. So you just kind of, if you have a, a standard in how you go through things, uh, you won't be distracted, and, and you'll you'll control the conversation. You won't give them a way to take it. So after that, what do you gotta do? You gotta take it home, baby. Take it home. Take it home. Do you guys? Have you guys? Has anybody in here ever led anybody to Jesus? You have. You have. That's great. Um, you have, Lawrence? That's cool, man. Um, has anybody ever saved anyone? In no, good. I'm glad no hands went up. <laughs> you don't do the saving, huh? No, you lead people to Jesus. Jesus does the saving, right? <laughs> so what do you do? How do you, after that point, how do you lead people to Jesus? What do you do? Ask them if they want to go to church. Yeah. Okay. So, the Bible says that uh, the Bible says that it, the word is like the sword, right? It's one of the armor. It's one of the pieces of the armor of God, right? The sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, right? So, let's say you're you're going there, you're ready to bring it home, and you take out this whomping Bible and go, <laughs> "Oh, let me preach to you about what the Bible says." Now, talk about we've already shriveled them up enough, knowing that they're guilty, so they're like. Okay. And then you, and then you, take his you throw his Bible out in front of him, and they're like, oh! <laughs> you know, I, I would want to, um, I suggest that you guys get a switchblade. Okay? Uh, James here, I said I'd probably pick on him because he has a nice, good little size switchblade. Um, yeah, just, and like flip it open to 316, you're like, bingo! What does John 316 say, by the way? Right. Well, you. Um, I'm going to give you a couple scriptures here, but a good good thing to know, do guys, is know where the scriptures are that lead, the, where the salvation scriptures are. You guys got to know where the salvation scriptures are. So I'm going to give you a couple, okay? Um, but real quick, check this out. Um, this is a really, really good. Aside from John three sixteen, the next one you should understand and know and have memorized, or at least know where the address is, is Romans ten nine and ten. Okay, we started off with the whole with a bigger chunk of it, but these are just two verses out of it. Okay, check this out. This is so appropriate. You say, okay, this is how you get this is how you get the judge to say you're clear. Your debts are clear. For if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. As the scripture tells us that anyone who believes in him will not be disappointed. Uh, Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They all have the same Lord who generously gives his riches to all who ask for them. For anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. See, it goes beyond ethnicity, right? It goes beyond nationalities. It goes beyond same sex, you know, or even heterosexual, you know? So, you can, you can use the scripture to anybody. So, here it says that all you have to do, guy, you've already confessed that you're a lion, fever, and adulterous, murderous person at heart, but you know what? You can get off scot-free if you just confess your sins and say, understand that, yes, okay, I believe that what you said is true. I am a sinner in these areas, um, but I can get off scot-free, God, so I want you to ask you to forgive me, and I believe in you now. So you've got to trust, right? thing is, guys, we've got to be general, genuinely concerned for the people's salvation. Because if we go up to them like we're trying to sell them a car, 
what are we going to get? But <laughs> maybe a slam door in the face or a, they'll turn their back and walk away. But if they see that we're actually concerned, then they're going to care what you have to say. Who knows the adage that says, people don't care how much you know until you, they know how much you care, right? Okay, and then the craft. On the back of that card I gave you, there's a little detailed thing that he, <clears throat> that he went through with the whole WJD, WDJD. And then craft. I didn't have room to put a C in here, but there is on your card. Um, who knows what the craft says? Who wants to read it out real quick? Just read it out if you know it. Say it. So I know it's kind of light on that piece of paper. It wasn't very dark, so it's hard to read. But So C is for concern. The C inside the C is for cross. The R is for repentance. The A is for, you know, the big word, and. F, faith, and T, truth. Okay, real quick, here's some other scriptures for you guys to have on hand. When you're uh, just in, at least know in your heart or know where to find them, know the address, um, just get a way to have this within you because these are great salvation scriptures that you should have even just for yourself. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. No one's, no one's uh, you know, exempt from this. Everyone's fallen. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift, how much is it? Free, fitty, free? The free, fitty, free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Awesome. Romans 10, 9, and 10. Here it is again. For if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. <clears throat> this is a really good one. Ephesians 2, 8. God saved you by his special favor when you believed, and you can't take credit for this, for it is a gift from God. And then, of course, the last one. This is a great opportunity to use when you get through the whole WDJD thing. You, go, you can go straight to the scripture that says in Revelation. Revelation 3.20 says, For I stand at the door and knock. This is Jesus speaking. For I stand at the door and knock. If you hear me calling and open the door, I will come in and I will share a meal with you as friends. For I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and sup with you. Another translation. But. So, close the deal. Say, you know, you know what, why don't you ask God? I mean, right there, if you feel led, you can just say, hey, can I lead you in just a little prayer? Can, I mean, if you don't know how to pray, can I just pray with you right now? And then just kind of say, you know, Father God, I just... Uh, I thank you for my friend so-and-so right now, Lord. I thank you that uh, you, we, you, brought to, into, <clears throat> you brought before him where he's fallen short. Um, so, so-and-so, would you just uh, say, to the, say to God right now, God, God, <laughs> I ask that you would forgive me of my sins. I ask that you would forgive me of my sins. Would you come into my life now, Lord? Would you come into my life now, Lord? Thank you for your forgiveness. I believe in you. Thank you for your forgiveness. I believe in you. Amen. That wasn't hard, huh? That's as simple as it gets. Then what do you do? You say, see you later. <laughs> right? No. So give me your phone number, man. I know this awesome cell group. I know this awesome church. You're going to love the music there. The people are cool. They're warming. They're welcoming. They won't judge you because they're all been judged themselves. Oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but no, they, they'll love on you. I mean, they won't care where you come from, man. And in fact, if you don't want to go to a church, come to my cell group. Why don't you say that first? Come to my cell group. It's so much, more, so much less intimidating. Come to my lighthouse. <laughs> Sorry. It is a lighthouse. It is not a cell group. Because if you're speaking to a prisoner or someone that just got out of prison, they might be a little confused. So. <laughs> or someone that doesn't know what a cell group is. 
Is that like with Al Qaeda? <laughs> yeah. No. Um, definitely not. <laughs> uh, so let's plug this in, okay? I've, d I've done this the last couple of weeks, so everybody put out their hand. This is like the cup. Everyone go like this. This is the cup. This is all the information. Go like, yeah, this is the information. Yeah, this is the information. Say it. Yeah. Okay, slam dunk it in that cup. Install it in your mega chip right here. Pump it, man. Get it in there. Okay. This is going to solidify it. Okay. Everybody look. You see the circle? You see the circles? Okay. You are now getting sleepy. <laughs> you are. <laughs> okay. Focus on the. So look at the yellow dot in the middle. Is that crazy? Which ways are the circle turning? The circles are turning, aren't they? Isn't that crazy? All right. This is what's happening. We're witnessing in the village this Friday. We're going to use this information and we're going to try this out. Okay, we're going to hand out tracks. And if you guys feel so led to actually to talk to somebody, they'll just be like, here, here's, I got this for you. It'd be like, hey, did you get one of these? And actually open a conversation. I encourage you guys to do that. But what we're going to do is we're going to start by meeting at my house at 530. I know that says 6, but it's 530. And we're going to leave sharply at 630. So we're going to have an hour. We're going to watch. Um, I'll let you guys decide whether we're going to watch the questions that he talked about or if we're going to go through another one of those training parts of, of how, to, how to do what we just went over tonight. So, <clears throat> yeah, it's Halloween night. How are we expected to go to the Blaze thing and your house? Because by the time we get done, we're all going to pile back in and go over to the Blaze okay. as soon as we're done witnessing the village. I'll see you in the hallway. Should I take a different car if I want to go home and sleep before going to the call? Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> okay. You will be there. Father God, thank you tonight, Lord, for, um, for speaking to us of this new way of witnessing. God, we thank you. I just pray that you break our hearts with compassion, Lord, for the, for the lost, for those that don't know you, God, so that when we, um, we go out into the regular workforce or our regular daily lives, Lord, that we're not just stuck in this rut, God, that we're stuck with the knowledge that... Uh, that people, that not everyone's going to heaven, that there are some people going to hell, Lord God, and that we have a responsibility. We have blood in our hands, and we have an opportunity to, to, to get rid of that by, by sharing the love of Christ, the love of God with them. God, and I just pray that you, you burn in our hearts um, to love people like you love people, God. We thank you that, <clears throat> that you've given us your word as, as direction and truth and something to live by, God. I pray that you give us boldness and strength to, to, to continue walking your path, God. And uh, God, we just give you honor. We thank you for tonight. I thank you for everybody that's, that's here this evening, God. I just pray that you bless them um, <clears throat> in their sleep and, in their, and until we meet again, God. Just be with them. And we give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah. Revelations 3.20. Yeah, what's Revelations 3.20 say in your... Uh, the word on the street. What's it it say? says, I'm waiting here outside your door. I'm pushing the buzzard. If you hear my voice on your intercom, uh, press the enter button. I come in with a full-on takeaway and we'll, we'll have a great meal together and put our world to rights. That's cool.